0: Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Living Hope Church. Thanks for braving the, the weather uh, this morning to get out here. Uh, we are so glad that you are here. Uh, again, my name is Mike Sandusky. I'm the lead pastor here at Living Hope Church, and uh, we really are just excited to have you. And, and I believe this morning, I, I always believe every time we gather, you know, this isn't just something to do off our checklist. This is rather uh, a place where we meet with God, where God speaks to us. Uh, and I just have to commend what, what Dale shared this morning. You know, I do encourage you, bring uh, your body. Bible with you when you come on Sunday, um, you know, and I would encourage you, bring a little notebook, take notes, like while uh, while we're preaching, while we're teaching from the Bible, while we're worshiping, sometimes God speaks to you, you know, and, uh, and and that would be our hope every Sunday. I believe every time we gather, God has something he wants to say to you, uh, and if you've got a little notebook that you can write that down in, I, I mean, think how valuable that is, right? Think how quickly you often forget things, like one thing you don't want to forget uh, is what is God's... God stirring your heart for? What is God speaking into your life? What scriptures is God highlighting to you uh, as we teach from the Bible? And, um, and and so I would highly encourage you. It's a little bit old school, um, you know, but man, get a little notebook, take some notes, have a have a church notebook and uh, where you can write uh, what God says to you through the Word, through scriptures, or maybe we'll have a scripture come up and you're like, man, I want to remember that one. I want to get in the Word and study that one. You can write it down and get to it uh, again uh, later. Later. Um, so uh, this morning we're actually gonna we're gonna shift gears a little bit. Today uh, we're gonna we're gonna get a little bit practical. We are in the middle of a series in Galatians, uh, but occasionally while I'm prepping or working uh, on different projects or just doing the ministry God's called me to do, I, I can feel a weight from the Spirit, from the Holy Spirit, stirring me to talk about something in particular. And uh, this morning. I really feel like God wants us to uh, to, to look at uh, how can we be equipped with the word uh, of God. And, uh, and primarily today, I'm going to be talking about uh, how can I equip you uh, to take this word of God and help others to find God as they read it, to help others know how to get into the word of God. And, and so if you're here and you're like, I don't exactly know how to get into the word of God, uh, I'm going to teach you. Uh, today, how that works, and how to get in, uh, and, and and in particular, we're going to focus on how do you uh, invite your coworkers, your friends, your family, your neighbors, uh, other students. How do you invite uh, people into the Word? Of God and and I think it's really important um, to equip the church I don't know if you know this but uh, the Bible actually says one of my main jobs as a pastor as a leader in the church is to equip you guys uh, I got a verse for you here uh, Ephesians 4 uh, 11 through 12 it says and he that's God gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and teachers to do what to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up uh, of the body of Christ. Uh, and what this is telling us, what Ephesians 4 tells us is that God gives gifted leaders to the church, not primarily to do all the ministry. That's very much a Western model, right? You have a pastor who preaches, and, and he teaches the word, and, uh, and you have evangelists who evangelize, and they go share. But the Bible says God gives teachers and evangelists for the job of equipping the saints that's you guys. Right? That's the wider church. A saint is anyone who is in Christ, uh, redeemed and in Christ. And, and, uh, and, and so our job, my job, one of my primary jobs is to equip you to do the work of ministry uh, and, and, uh, and to build up the body of Christ, to build up one another. And so uh, that might be a surprise to some of you, right? Uh, they, I, like for many Christians, this is an elevated view for what it means to be a Christian. This is a higher vision for what God has for your life. And, and I just, I don't know how much you know about what the Bible calls you to, but I believe this, that when you recognize, when you recognize the high call that God has for your life, it stirs a fire in you, uh, it, it wakes you up. I, I'm, I feel like I'm, uh, I encounter out in the world far too many people who, uh, they're, they're Christians in name only, or they're Christians sort of in some distant past, but there's no fire burning in their soul for Jesus, and there's no fire burning in their soul uh, for his call for their lives. Uh, now this isn't like, we don't, we don't come to Christ out of obligation, we don't do work for Christ out of obligation, rather we have a roaring fire when we realize who Jesus is, uh, when his light shines into our hearts, when he reveals himself to us, uh, it stirs something in us that we're drawn to him. But not just that, we're also, we're, we're also stirred and drawn to go on his behalf, to, uh, to do the work uh, of ministry. And so I don't know if you know this, but your call, if you're a Christian, this is not just some Christians, my job is to equip everyone who calls on the name of Jesus. If you're in this room and you call on the name of Jesus, God wants you to do meaningful ministry. He wants you to do meaningful ministry. And, and I have a heart that I believe in this church, everyone who is a member, um, right? Now, you might just be an attender of our church. You may not be uh, a member. Uh, and uh, if you, if you want to be a member, it's easy. Just do our growth track, uh, and then you get through our growth track, uh, and you decide, hey, I want to be a member. Uh, we'll, get you, we'll get you signed up to be a member. Uh, everybody who is a member of our church, my heart is that we would equip you to teach the Bible to people. Uh, Now that may not be like up here preaching, uh, but what what that does mean is that every Christian should be equipped with the Bible, every Christian should be equipped to share the gospel, the gospel just means the good news about Jesus, who he is, Uh, and this morning I want to do this very practically. Some of you, if if this is highlighting a light bulb and you're like, wait, what? Wait, God gives leaders to the church and their job is to not just tell me what the Bible says, but to teach me how to tell other people what the Bible says, right? That's what it is to be equipped, is to, to get a skill, right? The Bible describes the Word of God as a sword. I don't know if you knew that. describes the Word of God as a sword uh, a couple of times, actually. There's a handful of times that it's described that way. And uh, the Bible says that we're waging spiritual warfare. Uh, and that our warfare is not primarily about flesh and blood, but rather uh, about truth. And, and the Bible is a sword that you can wage spiritual warfare with. And we live in a world where truth is, is not popular. Uh, and where truth is often mysterious. People don't know uh, where the truth is. And the Bible, uh, Jesus is himself. He says, I am the way I am the truth, and I'm the life. And, uh, and so as you read the Bible, you're equipped in that the truth of the word, the truth about who Jesus is, is like a sword uh, that we can wage warfare uh, with, that we can set people free, um, that we can see life come, right? It's a, it, it's a kind of truth, it's a kind of sword that brings life uh, and, and kills uh, darkness and sin uh, and death. That's the kind of sword God gives us. So uh, in this room, My job today, what I want to do is equip you guys uh, with the Bible, uh, how, give you some practical input how do you engage i 'm going to refresh this. this is something we talk about a lot. We have a big vision at Living Hope uh, to grow by salvations. want to see uh, we want to see more people saved this year than we 've seen any other year we 're going to see more people come to faith in Jesus this year than we 've seen any other year and we want to kind of keep that going we, we don 't want it just to be this year and part of that is helping equip you uh, to, to share your faith to talk about faith with people. We call this spiritual conversations uh, at Living Hope. Hope, uh, but it's just really an entry point into sharing about Jesus. And and so, uh, and one of those spiritual conversations you can have is about. The Bible. And so uh, that's really what we're going to emphasize today. Um, and I've thrown around some words. I've said the word ministry. You know, I've kind of talked about what that means. I've talked about the gospel. Uh, but, but what exactly is this ministry we're meant to do? Uh, Matthew 28, Jesus gives us a very clear call uh, towards what we're supposed to be doing. What is it, the ministry that I'm supposed to be equipping you for? Well, he says it here. He says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. right, so just pause there for a moment. Jesus, Jesus, the Jesus who died on a cross for you, the Jesus who is God, who put on humanity, right? He became a man. He was born like we are. That Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. He died on a cross. He rose from the grave. He defeated death. He defeated brokenness. Once for all time, Hebrews 10 tells us, he has all authority in heaven and on earth. That's good news. And out of that authority... He says, go. He's saying this to his disciples. This is at the end of Matthew 28. These are the standing orders of the church. To go, therefore, right? You might know, right now we're sitting. Uh, You got up and you went to church. But from here, we are called to go uh, and do what? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is an invitation from Jesus to you. This is a call. If you call upon the name of Jesus, if you are in this room and you say, I'm a Christian, this is for you. It is not optional. If your heart is not stirred for this, something is wrong. I want you to know that. That if, if, if you hear this call and you think, I don't want to do that, something is wrong right? Because this is an overflow. This is the result of a recognition of Jesus's life and call for you. This is a recognition of coming to a different kingdom. Uh, and if you hear go therefore and you're like, I don't want to go anywhere, right? Uh, like, like now that's different than being like, I'm not sure I can do this, right? God loves a reluctant leader uh, because it's not about your gifts. It's about your faithfulness, right? It's ultimately he will equip you. He will gift you. He will bless you. He's looking for people who are faithful and believe in him uh, and so if, if that's where you're at if you're like man I don't know if I can do this that's different than saying I don't want to do this at all <laughs> like it's just, this sounds not I mean I would be I would tell you this I love you enough to say this if, if as I say this great commission you're called to go do ministry you're go, called to go tell people about Jesus you're go, called to help people understand the Bible if you're like that sounds like a negative to me that sounds like something I don't want to do I would say something is wrong with your relationship with Jesus Right. And you need to get you need to work on it. and how the church is a great place to do that. Getting in discipleship is a great place to do that. You know what is a really great place to do that? Meeting with God in His Word. And letting Him stir you and speak to you. Right. He will reveal the Bible. Uh, this the, the Bible is like light, uh, and as you read it, it shines light into your soul. And I'll I'll tell you this: is that as this truth hits you, you will very quickly find that thing that's wrong. Um, but then also, there's discipleship, which is when people are teaching you uh, and walking with you. It's it's, it's really spiritual friendship. Uh, it's like friendship that 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 is 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 coupled with uh, a life of Jesus. That's really what discipleship is about. So we go through the Bible together. Uh, But here's the thing. Jesus gives us this very call to do ministry, and I want to equip you today. How do you do this? How do we do this? We want to be a church that does ministry, not with just a staff pastor who preaches the gospel and goes out and evangelizes, but with a church that is full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Word of God, in love with Jesus, and going, therefore, in his name to make disciples, right? He tells us here, he says, he has all authority in heaven and on earth. Like when you go, you go in his name. You go in the name of the one that has all authority in heaven and on earth, all right? And 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 this is powerful. Right? I, I've I've been I've been doing some ministry with some you know young young kids lately. Some kids that were at the youth detention center, and uh, and now one of those kids is at the county jail. And uh, just as I've gone in, it's like these are places where oftentimes there's big barriers. But I just go knowing like God wants to do work here. And one of the days I went, I ended up going, and not only did I share the gospel with three youth kids, uh, I went to meet one youth kid, had two youth kids wanted to meet me. Uh, two of the three youth kids have now given their lives to Jesus. Jesus. Some of them are going to get baptized at the end of this month. Uh, And then on top of that, while I was there over two visits, I was able to share the gospel with three of the staff that were at the place, right? Now, I did not go in there with like a, I've got a five-point strategy. I went in there knowing the one who has all authority in heaven on earth, he lives in me, and I live in him. And everywhere I go, I'm going to talk about who he is. Uh, a couple of days ago, um, I was out and I went to a local restaurant, I was having lunch with one of these kids I met here uh, who's become a Christian, and, and we were having a good time, and, and while I'm at this restaurant, you know, we're doing discipleship, and I'm, I've given it, I'm giving him a Bible, and, and I'm talking to him about how does he share his testimony, his faith of what God's done in his life, and, uh, and, uh, and it's amazing, because he told me the story of him sharing his faith with his brother, and I was just like, this is incredible, and I, and I just, Je- I felt like Jesus reminded me, he says, hey, remember, I have all authority in heaven and on earth, I'm equipping this young man right? And he, showed, he was so happy. He showed me his messages between him and his, his brother, and, and I'm reading these messages, uh, and he's, he's like walking me through the process, and I'm like, this is amazing. Like, like, no one has taught him a, like, evangelism technique. Uh, he's just doing it. Like, he's just like, hey, he says, you ever feel like God's speaking to you? And then his brother was like, yeah. And he's like, hey, you know, remember that Bible I gave you to read? If you read it, God will speak to you more. I've been reading my Bible and God's been speaking to me. And I'm like, I'm like, no one told it. Like, like, how did this happen? Right? From like at the 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 detention center to a transformed heart and a transformed life and the power of God working in this young man. It's blowing, it blows my mind. And then all the way, by the way, while I'm there at the at the restaurant, I run into this guy and uh, and I just I he has a chief shirt on and I just take a random shot in the dark and I'm like, hey. I go, you in town for the chief's training camp? And you can tell he's a little bit like, I don't know if I wanna talk to a stranger right now. Uh, And it turns out he was. And then we start talking and you know what I do? I say, hey, I go, you happen to be a Christian? And we get into a spiritual conversation. And guess what? I got blessed because I got to hear this guy's story of him coming to faith in Jesus his freshman year of college. And his wife ended up, she actually went to Northwest Missouri State University. So I shared my testimony and talked about our church and what's going on. And it's like we had a moment where God connected two people who were his. Now, I didn't know if he was a Christian or not. Uh, If he wasn't a Christian, uh, I could have, you know, I would have probably still shared my testimony. But anyway, the point being when we go, we go in the name of Jesus. Right? you don't have to feel like particularly good uh, at doing this stuff. Uh, I do want to equip you today, but the reason I want to, the main thing I want to equip you with today is faith. That's the main thing I want to equip you with today. Faith that when you go, you go in the name of Jesus. Right? Amen. Amen. All right. All right, so a key part of this. Well, again, we're gonna we're gonna hone this in. A key part of our equipping today. We've done sermons on how do you initiate spiritual conversations. I'll give you a little refresher today. We've done sermons on how do you share the gospel. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of a refresher today. Uh, but today the main focus is gonna be how do we lead our friends and families uh, into reading the Bible. Uh, right. This is a place where they can meet God. And part of the reason I'm bringing this up is we we give out free Bibles here uh, at Living Hope, and uh, and we've been giving out a lot this year and I think part of that's because we've seen a lot of people come to faith we've had sort of a little bit more of a uh, of a church doing ministry together mindset and I want to explain to you guys all at once, right? I've had like 20 little conversations, and I just felt like the Spirit was like, hey, equip the whole church all at once. And I'm like, great. Um, so we've got two kinds of Bibles that we hand out here, uh, and and they're, they're both the Bible. They're just different translations, and and really a translation. Here's When, when these are made, uh, it's mostly about readability, right? So like, uh, so you have the NIV, which is one we give out. This stands for New International Version, and this is just a, 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 a little bit easier to read. Uh, when, when it comes to Bible translations, there's sort of a spectrum from paraphrased to literal, right? Uh, and if you've ever tried to learn another language, you know that grammar can be quite different between languages. Uh, a literal translation of the Bible uh, is one where they, they basically just keep as much of the sentence structure as possible uh, and just translate to the closest English word we possibly can. Uh, then there's there's Bibles. The NIV is kind of in the middle. Uh, it, 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 they paraphrase a little bit to make it easier to read. Does that make sense? Uh, so the NIV, uh, and you can just think NIV, new, international version, new. This is my Bible for new readers to the Bible, okay? Easy to remember. New international version, uh, new uh, readers to the Bible. So if you've never read the Bible before, this is my recommendation, uh, the NIV. And uh, we, we, we still have some of the old paperback ones. We got Hard covers to give out, so they have a little longevity to them, um, and uh, they little. I, I saw enough like youth kids running around with like really torn up uh, hard, softback Bibles. I was like, we need to get some hardbacks, so these things last into their 20s. Uh, otherwise, they're in trouble. Uh, but uh, but the idea here is we got we got these in large print. You probably can't read it from here, but I had a, enough. Uh, of the wiser generation, we'll call them, uh, talking about the size of the font. So anyway, we upgraded the font size for you. Uh, so anyway, these are great, and if you're gonna give a Bible away, I do recommend like praying, saying, Lord, bless this Bible as they read it. I would even encourage you, write a scripture, write a note, write a th- and ask, say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Give me a scripture, and, and I'll write little notes in Bibles as I give them away. I think it, it just it makes it more personal. And here's the thing, our God is a God who calls us by name. He's a God who's personal. Right? And I think you and I, I, did this, it's kind of, I like the vibe of this sermon, by the way. I hope, I hope you guys do, too. It's like, hey, we're in this together. We're doing this thing together. Like, um, you know, and, and so just like you giving it personally to someone, you know, having sought God, like that is you acting as an ambassador. The Bible calls us ambassadors. Second Corinthians 5 says we are ambassadors uh, of, God, of Christ, God making his appeal through us. How wonderful is that? Uh, And God wants to use you. The other Bible we give away. Now this thing, it's beautiful, thin line, oof. I love it. This is actually a value ESV. So the other version we have is the ESV, and that stands for English Standard Version. This is a modern uh, English literal translation. So this uh, is basically as close to uh, the literal meaning of the original uh, like Greek and Hebrew as we can get, uh, and it's in modern language. Uh, it's a bit poetic, which I like, um, and this is what we teach out of. So when I'm reading these scriptures today, it's out of the ESV. Uh, so both of these Bibles. Uh, we have lots of copies of them. Uh, it, costs, it costs actually a lot of money to buy hardcover Bibles uh, and gift Bibles and things like that, but here's the thing. If you, if you have a friend, if you, don't have, if you don't have an NIV, take one of these. If you have a friend who doesn't have an NIV uh, and you want to give them one, take one. I just encourage if you're going to give them away, do, you know, do the thing where you make it, write a personal note, you pray, you ask God for a scripture, uh, and there's, there's some pretty common ones. Uh, that I think are good, just stirring new believers um, or people new to the Bible. So uh, these are those are our two our two sort of general Bibles to give away. I got a couple others I'll touch base on in just a moment here, but uh, I like this. I want to practically like this, some Sundays you just got to be practically equipped, right? Uh, God was we had a lot of rain this morning. I was a little bit worried. I was like, is anyone going to come uh, if it's storming? And uh, and I'm so glad. I just I think today we are we're waging warfare. Uh, As a church, and God wants to equip equip you with some practical skills. All right, so so I'm called to help equip you. The main thing we're being equipped in uh, is going and making disciples, which consists of baptizing people in the name of who? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching people to observe all that Jesus has commanded. Uh, So we got to teach people who Jesus is. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? Right? What is this gospel? Right, at the heart uh, of the Bible, this this is. Let me. I'm gonna give it to you as quick as I can here. And sometimes I get a little carried away, but forgive me. But here's a, like this. What's our message? Here's our message, right? The Bible is this: We were made in the image of God, we were made for God, we were made by God. But we rejected God, and we sinned. Sin is when we 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 choose ourselves over God. We choose our own way over God's way. And when we sin, what happens is we, were, we the God we were made by and the God we were made for, we were cut off. And now every human being, the Bible calls that spiritual death. And it leads to physical death. It leads to an eternity forever away from God. And you can think about it like this. It's like we turned our back on God. Hell is the place where people who turn their back on God go. Right? It's, it's, it's for people who say, I don't want you in my life. They just fail to realize he's the God of glory, goodness, and great like, love. And so you end up in a place the opposite of all those things. Where instead, God's wrath, his, judge, his judgment and wrath are poured out because you've rejected the best good in the universe. All right, so the Bible says that we're dead in our sins, but Jesus came into the world and, 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 and he is God who came to live the life we should have lived, right? The life that you and I can't live, perfectly righteous. He came to die the death that we deserved. He died on a cross and on the cross, he took our sin, he took our brokenness, he took our death and he died And he gave us his life, right? So he's perfectly good, perfectly righteous, God in the flesh, a son. He gives us all of his good and takes all of our bad. He puts it to death once for all time, Hebrews tells us. Uh, And then he rose from the grave, he defeats death. This is huge news, right? Like right now, if you're in Christ, you are secure forever. And, and and, and, And basically, this is it. To become a Christian is to say, I believe this. I believe I'm broken and sinful. I cannot help myself. I cannot... I cannot make my life right. The Old Testament law cannot make one righteous, but it can point out how unrighteous you are. But Jesus can make you righteous, and he can also take away your unrighteousness. And so to become a Christian, to say, I believe I'm broken and sinful. I believe Jesus is God who came and died in my place for my sins. I believe Jesus uh, gives me his righteousness as he forgives me and redeems me. I believe he rose from the grave, defeating death, and that I have eternal life through Jesus. And it gets better. Jesus even promises to give us his Holy Spirit. As Christians, we can receive God's Holy Spirit when we're in Christ. And to share the gospel is to to share that with someone in a way that's personal. To say, hey, you know that deep inner longing you feel? That That deep inner sense that something's wrong with the world? Yeah, we all know that. That deep inner sense of there's something wrong with me and we do everything we can to cover it and to put forth our best life? Well, the Bible says that what you need it's not something you can get from this world. It's not something you can produce in yourself. What you need is you need the God who made you, and He didn't. He, you're not just made by God. You're made for God, and you only find your real life when you when you're planted in Him. All right, that's a that was way that was longer than I intended. But the the goal here is, and it doesn't. You don't have to have some like beautiful, poetic, perfect presentation of the gospel. Just say like, Hey, do you want Jesus to forgive you for your sins? You know, He died for you. To give you new life, that can be it. That can be all you say, and then just invite someone. Is this? Per- have you ever personally prayed for Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Have you ever personally given your life to Jesus? Many people you meet will say no to that question. People who grew up in the church will say no to that question. Let me ask you: Have you ever personally said, "Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I want you to redeem me"? Have you ever done that personally? Is it something in your heart? Is it, you have, you, is it something you have said, I'm gonna turn to you, Jesus, and I'm gonna drink of you? Because no one else can live your spiritual life for you. And you'd be surprised how many people have not actually done that. This is one of the things we're equipped to go and do. Uh, <clears throat> Right, but again, I'm going to focus in. I'm gonna, we're going to get back how do we get so when we get people there, how do we also get people to the Bible? And the goal of getting people to the Bible is ultimately to get them to Christ, to get them to this gospel that I'm talking about. Uh, but like it, you know, once you're in Christ, what do you do? Well, you continue to walk in Him, rooted and built up in Christ, deepening your life with Him, which comes through Walking in Christ in the word. All right? Hebrews 4 tells us this, 4.12 tells us this about the word of God. It says, the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. There's that reference, one of the references to it being a sword. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The book, uh, the word of God is a powerful book. That's a little bit of a scary one, right? As you re- Here's the thing, as you read the Bible, it will cut you to the heart. It will discern your innermost secrets. It is like light that shines in the darkness. And as you read it, listen, if you want to be set free from things in your, you read the word of God, God will highlight things that you can repent, that it will call you to repent. He'll say, I know I need to lay this down. I know I need to walk in the light. I know I need to turn. That's what repentance means. It means turning from sin, turning from selfishness, turning from us being the Lord of our lives, which oftentimes we don't even register is sin. Right? That might even be a scary sentence to say, like, that, that you being Lord of your life, no, he's the Lord. You're not Lord. And we think, well, I'm Lord of my life. No, not if you're a Christian. You gave that up. You gave him your life. And not to your detriment, but to your glory. Like, sorry, voice crack. All the youth camps added up. They come at me sometimes. But like, for your glory. Uh, right? Like, that's why, like, my life in my hands is a mess. Your life in your hands will be a mess. Amen? You know it. You know it. Guys, you know it. My life in his hands, he will turn every second I give to him into glory. I think we just have this tendency to try to gather as many of our minutes, our hours, like, God, I give you your time. This is mine. All right? But I'll, I'll tell you, you need to have a better, you need to have a kingdom mindset. The kingdom mindset that says, I'm going to wreck this, Lord. It's all yours. <laughs> uh, right? This is, where, this is where eternal life is. This is where eternal joy is a- a- And obeying Christ and giving my life to Christ and handing it over to him. It's not a punishment, it's eternal life. It's not the worst choice, it's the best choice. Right? And so in, at the heart of repentance is, we, we, we have our lives, we have our sin, we have our lordship, our pride, all of our stuff. And, and when we read the Bible, it shines the light and it, realize, it reveals to us the problem is, we got a lot of darkness and we got our backs on God. Most of your problems in your life come from having your back turned to God. And as you read the word, it's actually, helping in the word is turning to God. And, and what he'll do is he'll, he'll help you to, he breaks the chains. Right, he sets the captives free. The Bible says it's for freedom. Galatians 5, we're going to read it in a couple of weeks. For freedom you have been set free. Do not, again, submit yourself to a yoke of slavery. Don't get back into the things that have changed you in your past and in your life. But if you do, Jesus sets people free. All right, but the, the point of Hebrews 4.12 is that the word of God, it's incredibly powerful. It's alive. It's a living word, right? This is a living book. And you know how you come to find that out as you read it? You seek God in it. You will find that God speaks through His living Word. We need to be deeply rooted in it, not just rooted in it, but living in it. And we need to be able to teach other people as well as shepherd them into it. And I think this is simpler than many of us, many of us think. Right? I'm going to read you a passage that I think reveals to us like what just happens as we come to the Word of God, as we come to Christ. This is one of my favorite sections of Scripture. I've been like reading this and rereading this for the past several weeks. Um, And uh, for about a month, I've just been in this section of 2 Corinthians, and I'm just like drinking of it. I mean, this is it. The Bible is, is, is alive, and it's deep, and it doesn't run dry. It's like a well that the more you drink, the better it tastes and the deeper it gets. Like, so you know, this is not a cup of water that you sip once and you're like, I have experienced that. This is a deep, eternal well of life that as you drink, it tastes better. As you experience it, it gets better. It doesn't just get better, it gets deeper and wider. It's not that it's changing, it's that you are getting deeper revelation as you drink from the eternal God, right? You can't comprehend eternity. It's not something you can do, but as you, as you touch it, as you, as you come to Christ and you begin to see, you realize, oh man, there's no end to the sweetness here. There's no end to the depth here. Like you begin to see and perceive into the unseen eternal glory that God is inviting you into through relationship with him. I love this, uh, again, if that sounds like, I, I hope that doesn't sound too complicated or crazy, hopefully that, but he, he, here's a verse, that here's a passage, and it's funny, this is broken up a bit, it's the last verse of, of, of chapter three, but I'm gonna read uh, the last verse of 2 Corinthians chapter three into the middle of chapter four, and here's what it says, it says, and we all, with unveiled face, nothing hindering us, we all with unveiled face, beholding The glory of the Lord as we look at Christ, we see his gospel, we see his word, we see his truth unveiled. We are being transformed, that's power, God's power transforming us into the same image. What image? The image of Christ, the likeness of Christ from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. God does the work, right? So as you behold God with an unveiled face, you come in. Every you, you get into a quiet room, and you just seek God. It doesn't matter. You don't have to like read for quantity. You just come in, and you meet God, and you just take your time, and you behold the glory of the Lord. And I read it, and it's like, man, you just you open it up here, and it's like, Jesus, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. John 6 is where I opened up to. It's like, That's the glory of the Lord he came down from heaven says anyone who eats of this bread will live forever and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh and I'm just here I'm just that wasn't part of the sermon but you just you open it and it's like I'm gonna behold the glory of the Lord I'm gonna behold his words and what will happen is you do this with unveiled face you behold Christ you spend time you see Christ every youth kid that went to youth camp I say this I know I've told this story before but you lay down 5 days of your life to go behold the glory of the Lord with unveiled face and you know what he does he shows you his glory you know what he does he transforms you that week if your parents of kids that went to youth camp, that happened. God has that same transformation for you. Anyone in this room, you set aside other time, right? You say, I'm going to give my time, my life, my heart. I'm going to give every second to God. He will turn it into glory from one degree of glory to the next, All right? Deepening, ever deepening, ever growing. It goes on here. It says, therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, okay, Catch that. He's saying this is the ministry that we have. Our ministry is that we behold the glory of the Lord. That's so easy, right? What I'm trying to get you to do today is to lead people into beholding the glory of the Lord. As we have this ministry by the mercy of God, it's a gift by God's mercy, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. God does the work. It won't always go well, but God does the work. I mean, it won't always go well from our perception, our perspective, What he's saying here is, hey, we've got this great ministry. God reveals himself as people behold, unveiled, and they're transformed and changed. So we don't lose heart because God does the work. All right, again, he has all authority in heaven and on earth. He says, but we've renounced, we don't have to be, like, I don't have to get up here and tell you anything, but you open your Bible, you read it. You give your life to Jesus, and he will transform you. There's no fancy methodology here. There's nothing flashy about this. I don't have to convince you, like, hey, like, here's, we don't got to make the kingdom of God more palatable. We just got to reveal it the way that God's revealed it. All right, that's the goal. That's the aim. That's the job. I don't need like a weird fog machine up here that I'm coming out of, like, let me show you the glory. You know, like, I don't know. That idea got rejected anyway. Um, no, just kidding. But by open statement of the truth, hopefully that's what you hear today. I'm just, here's what the Bible says. Here's what it is to just walk with Christ. Open statement of the truth, right? Bold invitations to your coworkers, your friends. Hey, have you ever read the Bible? All right, if you have a high confidence that the Bible is powerful, I, I ask you, have you ever read the Bible? And people, and I say, I just, here's, and, I, and sometimes if I, I'll perceive, if it feels like they feel like they're being attacked, I'll say, hey, like, I only, here's why I ask. I give the big why. Here's why I ask. I, when I read the Bible, it changed my life forever. I had a lot of opinions about Christianity, but I never read the Bible, and I find that most people haven't, and I think it makes a big, I think it's the most powerful thing you could do, All right? Does that make sense? I'll ask, I'll say, hey, have you ever read the Bible? you ever open it up hey did you or here's one of my favorites hey did you know the bible says this did you know hebrews 10:14 says for by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified did you know that it's like did you here listen for I have a single offering. That's talking about Jesus, if you didn't know. He has perfected. Have you ever received? Did you know that the work of Christ? Like, didn't you think the book of the Bible was like a bunch of rules? You know how many times I've had this, con- this conversation I just walked you through? One, very easy— Two, as soon as you start having it, as soon as the glory of the Lord is plainly revealed, here's what happens to people. They start to get thirsty. They start to get hungry. They start to look at you like you're some kind of magical wizard who has all kinds of magical information. And it's like, no, 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 it's the glory of the Lord. This is God. And I, and I know that, maybe that sounds crazy, but I have seen this happen countless times. I remember one time, about 10 years ago, I'm sitting in my office. I was a microbiologist at the time. My manager was a, was a very nominal, very broken Roman Catholic. Uh, who he, he was just, he was great. He was very sad and he was afraid to go to the church because he was afraid he was going to get condemned because he hadn't been for a long time and he wasn't living. He was living in sin and he had a, a pretty messed up life. And I just sat there and I'm just like telling him the Bible, right? Like the thing he thinks he's most afraid of is like church and God and his word. And I'm sitting there telling him about it and, I, and like he's just enraptured. And we get to the end of the conversation and he says, Mike. He's like ten years older than me, which, by the way, if you're a dude, you and I was like 24, maybe 23. Like, if you're that age and you know you got an older guy, like, usually you got a, you got a lot of, they don't, they don't tend to think you're the wisest, right? That's what I'm getting at here. And he's like, where? He's like, where did you learn all this? He's like, people need to know. You should write a book. And I looked at him, and I kid you not, I didn't miss a beat. I was, I was a little quick, more quick witted in my t- I said. God already did. Everything I just told you is just basically straight from the Bible. It is the open statement of the truth. I just want you to—I want you to have not high confidence in your ability, but high confidence. There's no tricks involved. Just with the open statement, the open. Hey, have you ever read the Bible? And the stuff that's written on here, there are scriptures on your heart. There is, if you are a believer and you've read the word, there are scriptures in your heart, in your mind, in your word, in your journal, that speak to you powerfully. And sometimes I just say, hey, have you ever read, you ever read this? Did you know the Bible says this? And here's the thing, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Literally, somebody might be like, oh, no, I'm not really interested in that stuff. And you know what? And when anyone shuts me down, you know what I say? I say, hey, sir, I don't mean to offend. I only bring it up because it, I, like, I didn't, you know, The Bible's changed my life more than anything, right? I'm basically sharing my testimony. You don't have to share my testimony, but share your testimony, right? There's a big reason why. God has changed your life forever. God has shown you his glory. God has blessed you more than you can ever be blessed, right? And if not, well, you got work to do to to, to, to go seek him and find him, right? I mean, it's less work. It's more he's got a life for you. It's an eternal life. This is not just something we say. It's something that's real. And so as that is put on display plainly, it's so, so powerful. It's so powerful. Some people won't understand. Some people will reject. And here's, actually, let me tell you this. So when I say, when I've had a few people kind of shut down, I had one, I think I've told the story before, but I was talking to this waitress a few months ago and I, and it went awful. <laughs> like, I was with a couple pastor friends, and I was like embarrassed, because I was like trying to be bold, and you know, probably there was some pride, like, I'm going to show these guys how good I am. and it went real bad, uh, <laughs> and so it's kind of become a funny joke with my, my friends, and uh, but then afterwards, she came over, because she had to come over. We hadn't paid her yet, uh, and when she came over, I go, God, I go, I'm just, I was like, I was, I had been humbled, and so I was like, guys, I'm just going to encourage her, because I felt like I messed it up, and I'm like, oh, and I was like, I'm just going to ask her if she's ever read the Bible, and I'm going to encourage her to read John. So she came back, and I said, hey, I go, I hope I didn't make you uncomfortable earlier. I just, I, I bring this stuff up because I was not a Christian. I was, I was a scientist. I was 20 years old. I read the Bible, and it changed my life completely, and I don't know if you've ever read the Bible, but it's the most powerful thing I think anyone could do, and you know what happened? She looked at me, and she goes, you know what? She goes, I've had a Bible my whole life and I've never read it. And i really wanted to read it. And then we had a 15 minute conversation where I shepherded her through it. I gave her, I got, we got these little reading plans and I gave her a little little, little bookmark reading plan. You guys can have some of these. Oh, see if I can't. oh look at that, that's pathetic. Hold on, wait, I, mean, I gotta do better. I'm embarrassing myself. It went way better in my head. Thank you, Lord. He humbles us sometimes. So I should have taped them together and just lobbed them like a brick. One person, boom. Uh, a youth kid sleeping, um, most likely. No, anyway. So, all right. Uh, I, I, did not, I did not finish this. Let me finish this here. Uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, that passage, verse 5, where are we at? Right here, down in the lower mid-right. For what we proclaim is not ourselves... We can tell our testimony, but our testimony highlights Jesus. For what we claim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who said, "Let light shine out of darkness," has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Right. So, so uh, hopefully that makes sense to you. Let, let light shine out of the, like the God who said, "Let light shine out of the darkness." That God is shining into our hearts and. Um, And he is revealing to us. He is showing who he is. The Bible is revelation. That is, it's God revealing himself. Uh, It's where we come and we can behold the glory of the Lord. Uh, So I just, I want to encourage you guys. I'm going to, we're going to get real practical. I'm going to try to do this in five minutes. We're going to see if I can do it. I can never do it in five minutes. Um, But this is, this is, this is it. So here's my quick guide to having spiritual conversations. Really one, one idea. Treat people like people. (laughs) All right, you're barista. This is a human being with a backstory and a life and a heart right, in and in in some relationship or, or or some history with God, and so I just, you know, I love people. You love people. Just ask them, hey, this guy I ran into at, at, at the restaurant the other day, I just said, hey, you in town for the chief's game? and I'm like, tell, you know, where are you from? What, you know, what do you do for work? Uh, that kind of, uh, that kind of thing, and, and, and some people don't want to talk. That's okay, uh, and I just see people, and if a person comes out, if a person comes out, if they begin, I'll just, sometimes I'll, I'll ask a deeper question. I'll say, hey, you know, uh, you happen to go to church anywhere? Hey, you happen to be a Christian? Hey, have you ever read the Bible? And you might feel like that feels a little blunt, but here's the thing: I just I think ultimately, when it's done in love, it can often be received. Some people will again shut you down, uh, or not maybe not shut you. Down. I've never really been shut down, but I've had people who seem disinterested, and then you bring the big why? Why? Hey, sorry. Maybe that was a little abrupt. This is the most important thing that's ever happened to me, so I like to talk about it. And I find most people have a lot to say. Uh, And actually, I find most people are pretty, they feel underheard and underloved, you know. And you'd be amazed how responsive people are, if you're just honest, right? That's that's genuinely 100% my heart. Um, And so just love people. Matthew 9, Jesus looked at the crowds of people, and he saw that they were harassed and helpless, it says, like sheep without a shepherd. And this moved him in compassion. If you really begin to see people, when you begin to do this, here's what will happen. As you have these conversations, not everyone, but you will have people who begin to open up and they are harassed and helpless, broken, and you can shepherd them to the great shepherd who heals the broken, who makes us whole, who redeems us from our darkness. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. Some of this is leading them to Christ directly, which I talked about earlier. Some of this is leading them to the word of God, Um, Which I've talked about a little bit, you know. Hey, do you know the Bible says this? Hey, do you go to church anywhere? Hey, have you ever read the Bible? Do you do you feel like you personally know who Jesus is? You know, you're like that feels pretty bold. I think we can be pretty bold. Uh, I think the Bible, Paul says that. So we are very bold. (laughs) Uh, Actually, I think he says it in the very next chapter of Second Corinthians. Again, I've been like living in that part. But because God does it, we are very bold. I want to do one last thing. Can we pull up? Uh, There's two slides. One of them has like the New Testament and one of them has the Old Testament. Let's start with the New Testament. Listen, this book scares a lot of people. Um, I don't want you to be scared of it, especially if you're a believer. You should not be scared of it. This is something that just doesn't, we assume it in the church. It doesn't often happen. So uh, I'm going to start with the New Testament then we'll do the Old Testament here. But uh, again, this will take a couple of minutes. Uh, The Bible is divided two uh, major ways. You have the Old Testament, and you have the New Testament. The major divider between them is the New Testament. It literally begins with the life of Jesus. Uh, If you're like, when did that happen? Well, Jesus was, uh, he's who we wrap all our time around. Um, So it's 2023 AD, Anno Domini, in the year of the Lord. We measure that based on when he broke into human history. We also divide our Bibles this way. Hilarious to me, Uh, right? He came, he's like, I'm God, and then it's like, like, boom, he uh, cut time in half. Uh, love it. Uh, and so uh, the first five, dang it, there it is again. The first five books of the New Testament here, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hopefully you can see these colors. Uh, I, as I'm looking at them, am like, they didn't quite get as clear as I'd like, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, the, those are the Gospels. Those are the story and testimony of, of Jesus and of his personal uh, disciples that walked with him or uh, disciples of the disciples. Uh, like, the, the, like the disciple who walked with Jesus is like right hand. That's who Mark was. Luke was basically Paul's right hand. Um, and, uh, and so you have those. Those are the story of Jesus' life. You have the book of Acts, which is yellow there. You can't see it. This is a distinct book in the New Testament. It's the only one like it. It's actually a continuation of the book of Luke. Uh, It was written by Luke, uh, and it basically follows the life of the early church. So what did they do after Jesus died and rose from the grave? Uh, What did they do after Jesus wasn't walking on the earth with them, but they were now the church? And uh, it's a beautiful book, a wonderful book. If you've never read the book of Acts, I highly encourage you to read it, it's very relatable. Uh, Then all the green here, these are the Pauline letters. So Paul was an early church father. You're gonna notice here, all the green and all the purple the revelation there at the bottom is blue, it's not. It actually is a letter as well, but uh, but it's a little different. So basically all the green and all the purple here... Uh, up to the book of Revelation, all of that, those are letters to the church. Those are either instructional letters about theology, how we should act as the church, uh, or who Jesus is, like clarity, uh, or their personal letters about what does it mean to be a Christian. Um, those in particular, uh, those are the pastoral epistles, and those are 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, those are typically considered, uh, those were, that was a letter to two letters to a guy named Timothy, who was like a young disciple of Paul's, and and then a letter to Titus, uh, as well, and so those are just letters, uh, and those are very short. I tend to the high, the letters are a great source of like very clear, direct biblical teaching. Uh, Then the purple letters here are miscellaneous letters. Uh, The Hebrews is a letter to the Hebrews. We're unsure about the author. It's traditionally attributed to Paul, uh, so it could actually be a letter from Paul, uh, but it misses some of his signature uh, sort of marks. But uh, it's a beautiful story, beautiful book, one I love to quote. Then you have a letter from James. Uh, You have two letters from Peter. You have three letters from John. That is the John and Peter who walked with Jesus in the, the, the four Gospels up there, the red Gospels up there. And uh, and then you have the book of Revelation, which is a unique book. Uh, It is a a New Testament uh, prophetic literature, so it's a very prophetic book. Um, And uh, and I my 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 quick uh, hitter on Revelation, because people are get all you know caught up in Revelation. Here's what I would say: at the very beginning of it, Jesus says, "Do not be afraid." I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, right? Like he tells Christians, you should not be afraid. If you're a Christian, don't be afraid of the book of Revelation. Uh, the second thing I would be, say about the book of Revelation is we have about as much understanding, I think, about it its content and, and future events, like the second coming of Christ. We know about as much about that uh, as, as the Old Testament Jews knew about a coming Messiah, right? And, uh, and they got a lot of stuff wrong. And so, I, like anyone who gives you a lot of confidence, the Bible specifically warns, Jesus himself specifically warns about people talking to, uh, specifically about future events. So sometimes those people tend to be pretty caught up with Revelation. It's a beautiful book. It's a wonderful book. Uh, but you know, don't don't get too off track uh, listening to people talking about weird prophetic futures. Um, and 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 we don't want to we don't want to give Revelation a bad rep either. It's a it's scripture. It's it's really great. Um, but it can be a little more challenging. Uh, Old Testament, throw, let's throw it up here. I'm gonna make this real simple. The Old Testament's the scary one, right? It's the one that scares people. You can break this down into four categories. Michael, do we have a laser pointer? Do you chuck it to somebody down below and somebody run it up to me? Uh, that would be, it'd be good to have it. Uh, just real quick, because this is so, so important, right? Like, even seeing the New Testament that way, was that helpful? Yeah. Helpfully, yeah, thank you. Good, Sean, I'm glad I helped Sean. Uh, one-on-one discipleship in a room, I'll take it. Uh, any time. Thank you so much, Mike. Okay, This'll, we're wrapping up here, guys. Uh, okay, so you have, you can basically, now these are pretty, these are pretty general divisions, but you've got uh, the first five books. Uh, This is the law in the early history. The Pentateuch is what this is often called. The first five books of the Old Testament. Uh, So this is like literally the creation account uh, and like the formation of God uh, sort of finding and discovering, you know, creating a covenant with Abraham, which was the initiation of the Jewish people, the Israelites. Uh, And this covers their early history, uh, basically through Moses. Uh, So, so essentially at the death of Moses you get uh, the middle history uh, well this is actually basically the whole history of, uh, of the Jewish people so this is like the origin story very old stuff and the law this uh, is and this is the order by the way the books go in so isn't it nice how you can, like just this order, you can, re- you can see how they, they arranged it on purpose. It's not just a mishmash of things. But right here, you start with Joshua, uh, who led after Moses. This is really a time, uh, a time called Judges. They didn't have a king, um, and they were ruled by judges, basically. Uh, they didn't have, uh, they were still sort of a nomadic people, uh, and then you see them them operating, and then here, they, they get kings, uh, and this is basically their history, King David, David and Goliath, they're in, they're in these stories right here, and, uh, and then you have uh, the story of all the kings, and then these two are interesting, these are just more history, but this is basically their history all the way to the, the end of the Old Testament, and so, like, this is some of the latest stuff written in the Old Testament historically, these two categories, the purple and the green, let me explain, these are sort of a special category. Uh, the purple here: Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. These are the wisdom books. So these were written during these periods, during these times, both times, this time and this time. Uh, well, Job comes from real early. Psalms, Proverbs, uh, these these four here probably came from like right in here, the first. 2nd uh, Samuel, 1st, 2nd Kings era. Uh, a lot of them written by kings um, and, uh, and leaders during that time. But they're basically just wisdom books. Psalms is a book of poetic uh, prayers. Uh, Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Uh, and then Ecclesiastes is sort of a philosophical book. It's credited to King Solomon who lived uh, in this uh, this era here uh, and between 1st and 2nd Kings. Uh, and then you've got... Um, You've got Song of Solomon, which is basically like a little romance novel tucked in the middle there. we don't need to talk more about that. No, uh, but we'll we'll preach on it sometime. And then here you have the green. These are the prophets. These are the ones that I think can make it really confusing. Because if this is all you have, it would be pretty simple. Don't be confused by this. The prophets are beautiful. Uh, you got Isaiah here, uh, who is like uh, Isaiah. Some people call it the fifth gospel. Like it is, it is a beautiful book. That when you read it, if you are very familiar with the New Testament, and then you read Isaiah, it reads a lot like the New Testament. Very clear proclamation of Jesus. There's actually a passage that today this is this isaiah is the same isaiah they had when jesus was walking around there are jewish uh, schools of jewish teaching that do not read certain chapters of isaiah because they so obviously point to jesus like just so you know, there's a forbidden chapter that you don't you don't that does not get read. And, and some, now this is not every Jewish synagogue, but there are synagogues where they don't read it uh, because it, it basically tells Jesus' story. It's pretty wild. It's prophetic, by the way, because it existed 400 years plus before Jesus walked the earth. Uh, Isaiah is very cool. Uh, and then you have these prophets. So prophets, basically, you can insert them through these times. They mainly kind of pick up uh, in this region, like. Uh, Samuel himself is a prophet, but basically these are prophets that exist through the history uh, of of Israel, uh, and this is, you know, they're, they're, but you can basically look at it like this. I hope this simplifies it some. Um, if you were going to read the Old Testament, I tend to, like these are good places to start. Genesis and Exodus, read those together. Uh, if you wanted to read like, you know, first, second, First Samuel through 2 Kings, I think that would be a good, like if you were just like, I want to get the beefy part, obviously you can start and read through it, uh, but anyway, hopefully that was helpful, here's where we're going to go, we're going to, I'm going to have you guys stand, I'm going to have the band come up, we're going to wrap up, and uh, if anybody wants this slide, uh, these slides, I can, I can actually put the notes that kind of have more detail with them. And I can send it to you. Or I can. We can have somebody send it to you. So here's 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 the big idea today. Like, hopefully you're feeling equipped. Hopefully you're feeling stirred. God wants to equip you to do the work of ministry, to share the gospel, to lead people into the word, to shepherd people to Christ. Uh, and here's the thing: if, if, if like God is actually, He's calling you. If you are a Christian in this room, He's calling you personally to do this. And if you are like, man, this is what I want. Maybe you're feeling convicted. You know, you could be at a couple of different places. If this is what you want, I just want to encourage you. I'm going to pray for us here, and I'm going to pray for myself, but just put your hands out in front of you, and just receive. And, and as I pray, I just want you to pray in your heart, like, Lord, equip me to do this. Father, stir my heart to shepherd people, to Jesus. Like, just kind of pray, asking God to do this work in your life, to show you his power, uh, to make you more bold, to give you faith, to share your faith. Uh, And I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would come and you would bless us mightily. Father, this is your plan, not ours. You're the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus, and you want us to go in your name to make disciples, to shepherd people to you, the great shepherd, to to shepherd people into your word. And Father, I just pray right now that you would pour out your Holy Spirit anew on us, equip us. There's nothing fancy. It's just you empowering us, us walking faithfully and boldly. Pour out fresh boldness. Pour out a, a hunger for evangelism. Pour out evangelistic fruit in our church. God, let us be a people who, who, who are ready to share, who are bold in sharing, who begin to find it easier to share, who begin to think it's odd when they don't start asking someone about where they're at with Jesus instead of the other way around. Father, I just pray you come and have your way here at Living Hope. Pour out your spirit, empower us. I wanna hear stories, God. We wanna see your kingdom grow. Equip your saints, equip us, Lord, for the work of ministry by your power, by your word, For your glory and in your name, Jesus, we pray, amen.